Listen up, folks. Are you listening? Are you ready for this? I'm going to make a wee statement here. You need to listen. You ready? You're relaxed in your seat, in the gym, whatever you're doing. Listen. That's a wee statement. Anyone can earn £100,000 per year. And I mean anyone. And it's pretty easy stuff. Pretty easy stuff. Now that's a pretty bold statement to start a podcast episode off with. This is episode 144 of the Speed Mentor Podcast. And you may think it's one of the strongest statements I've ever made at the top of a show. Now, if this is the first episode of the Speed Mentor podcast you've ever listened to, you may say, what sort of crazy horse is this Speed Mentor? He's a total and utter shite talker. I'd say back to you, well, where the hell have you been for the last 140 episodes? And by the way, I'm a waller's not a fucking horse. And you better get buckled in for the ride because I'm going to give you some tough loving that you've been hiding from all of your life as I break this shit down for you. And I might fucking break you down as well if you look at me the wrong way today because I'm in fighting fucking form. Now, if you can't get to 100k, if you can't get to 100k per annum, it's because you don't want it hard enough, not because it's not doable. Anyone can fucking do it if they apply themselves. Now, I'll tell you why I say that and where it actually comes from. Look, back in the late noughties, when I was losing everything I owned, and had worked very, very hard for, which was several million uh, pounds at the time. My wife, who didn't say a single harsh word to me, by the way, when I was losing all of that and was creating such a mess, and her sister, who was my accountant, um, were begging me um, to return to being a barrister. They were begging me to return to being a barrister, where I earned hundreds of thousands of pounds per year so that I could plug the financial gaps in my property portfolio, my land bank, as the banks were closing in. Now, just in case you're a first-time listener, in brief, very briefly, I built up a large portfolio of about 50 properties to 2006, but stopped buying properties in 2006 as I was getting outbid by novice property investors who were buying houses at 3% yields with money from the banks. And I was a barrister at the time, and I didn't want to give up my connection to business because I really was an entrepreneur at heart, and I really enjoyed it. So I bought four bits of land in 2006, to get back earlier in the chain in order to build properties to sell to those people who were prepared to buy a 3% yield, which I wasn't prepared to do. I'd been buying at north of 10% all my life. And when the land dropped in value by about 90% in the crash in 2008, and I had personal guarantees on a lot of it, the rest is simply history. And I ended up living in that sister-in-law's back bedroom for five years with my wife and children. Anyway, I was entreated Um, by my wife and my sister-in-law to return to the bar but I refused and the line I kept saying over and over again to my wife and sister-in-law the accountant was look don't worry I can go into any industry and earn £100,000 a year as a minimum very very quickly and I can remember saying that consistently to them now it's not the zenith of my ambition um, but if you get wiped out and you're starting back from scratch, like many of you maybe or have to, you know, you got to have certainty in your bones that you can do it in virtually any industry and that you can make a comeback. Um, so you choose um, a big bazooka to have in your locker and will really, if you've got something like that, that belief, it's like a big bazooka you've got in your locker and will really help you with your confidence to come back. Now, for the first time, listener, 
if, if you're still listening after that intro. Firstly, I want to say to you that I want you to stay listening as you're a future inhabitant of Waller's Island. And secondly, I'm going to share with you the reasons I am so confident that I can do this at any time in any industry and help you see and believe that you can do exactly the same too. Now, if you think this is smack talk, stay tuned and I'll grind out the headlines that you need to know so that you can do this too. That's what this show is all about. It's about giving you the armory, the weaponry, and the mindset, and the tips, the knowledge so that you can do the stuff um, that I already know how to do. Now, here are some of the industries I said to my wife. Ones that require virtually nothing to set up. So uh, I said there, um, gardening. I could get a hundred grand a year in gardening, in maintenance, in home removal, in meal prep, in personal development, in uh, physical training, in property flipping, whatever it might be. And there was an essential list of things that you need to be hammering the shit out of in each of those industries to get in industries to get the hundred thousand pound per year. I said there, like I can do that in any of those industries and in a, a dozen more. Now, now, before we start to set the stall out, I reckon I can get to a run rate in any of those in 12 months. Now, it might take somebody else who doesn't have all the knowledge and skills and hasn't developed themselves as much as I have. It might take somebody maybe three years, for instance, if they're not a step to this stuff. But that's still really good going for most people. So before you listen to the rest of the episode, are you prepared to put in a minimum of 70 hours a week for three years? Are you prepared to put in a minimum of 70 hours per week for three years? If you're not, then you're wasting my time and yours and you'd be better jogging on and listening to repeats of catchphrase on channel TV or something else because you're just fucking wasting your time and mine. So fuck away off and listen to Dickhead Island's podcast instead. For those of you who are still with us and are prepared to put in the 70 hours per week for three years and don't want to waste the limited bandwidth that we have to get our message out from Waller's Island. Um, because like Google and Facebook, I don't know if you know this, told some of you before, Google and Facebook, um, they try to geotag our our, lo- our location. Um, so uh, we, we don't want them to find out where we are. So come a bit closer to your face. Don't be worrying. I'm not going to scream or shout in your ear. I just want you to come a bit closer like you're listening to the storyteller around the campfire in the olden days. Because the next 10 points, the next 10 points I'm going to tell you about, if applied, will change your life forever. So come a wee bit closer and let's get you downloaded with these 10 points. Firstly, number one, have a look at the marketplace you're going into. Most people go into business in what are called red ocean markets, i.e. markets where there are competitors fine with each other over price or service. Now, in the likelihood that this is the type of market you're going into rather than the blue ocean one where you come up with something completely novel. The very first thing you must do is go and have a look at the best. The best in the industry. Whatever sector or industry you're going or thinking of going into, have a look at the best. The best physical trainer, the best gardener, the best restaurant, the best dentist, the best clothier, the best artist, the best social media influencer, the best defence organiser, the best insurance salesman or whatever it is. If they're the best, they're making way, way more than £100,000 per year. Now, your job for the next month is to learn absolutely everything there is to learn about them. How do they do it? What sets them apart from their competition? Why are they the best? How do they engage the customers better than others? Go and buy shit from them. Sample their service. Watch for the little things, the little flourishes that their competitors don't do. 
Number two, go to the worst in the industry and see what they do. The worst mindset coach you can find. And anyone who's saying Gavin Wall at the back of their mind, better get that fucking thought out of their mind right now or I'll come round and defecate on your front lawn. And then if I go in the garden and I'll make a wee hundred grand a year from doing your garden. Anyway, so where's the worst restaurant? The worst gardener? Look up on Facebook or Google, Google reviews. That'll give you a clue. Sample the worst after having sampled the best. Then you'll understand what good really looks like. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, see what I did there, is to match, if not surpass, the best. If you do that and plot for three years, like I said earlier, it's simple. You know you'll be making a hundred grand a year to the bottom line if you do it. You know it. Every single one of you listening to this knows it. Then why the hell aren't you doing it? Number three. But of course, it's not quite as easy as that. So here are a few more pointers. Get close to the best in the industry. Hit them up. The best in every industry has too much work. Too many customers. Not enough time. There will be customers that don't have enough lifetime value to them or just below their price point or require a little too much work or too hard to handle make yourself available to the very best in your industry what can you do for them what can you help them with don't do it in a salesy way or just genuinely offer help it will be appreciated trust me i know i'm in that position now don't send them a message saying yeah you'll buy them a cup of tea they can afford their own fucking cup of tea time is their issue Spot a problem in their business and fix it. Maybe whenever you're going out looking at their business and buying from them and sampling, maybe there was something you thought that could be improved. Why not let them know? Add some value to them. Number four, marketing. You must aggressively market your business. No one in the fucking world knows you exist. Trust me. It doesn't matter if you've opened a shop and stuck a nice big shiny sign on the front of it. You are a total fucking irrelevance and no one but no one knows you're there. Just because you're the centre of your own fucking universe, you think people know you're there. And I'm going to give you a quick example. I don't know if I've mentioned this one before, uh, but if I have, apologies. But if not, it's worth repeating again. Now, I had a subway store, the Wall Group had a subway store that was underperforming. So we started a delivery service to try and get the turnover up. Now, this was several years ago. Now, I was really struck once uh, and I was really stuck for staff and had to do deliveries myself. Now, we leafleted the area to let them know um, that there was really handy delivery service for them. Uh, and this was this was way before there was Just Eat or anything like that. And I did a delivery to the bottom of the road that the subway store was on. This is only 200 yards. Um, when I delivered the food, the lady said to me, Oh, where is your store based? Now, I th- at first I actually thought she was joking as we were located within 200 yards of her home. And then I realised that she was deadly serious. Now, I politely told her the store was just at the top of the street. So one of the most recognisable brands in the world, Subway, was just at the top of the street. And she hadn't a clue we were there. That, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, is why most businesses fail and fail miserably. No one knows they exist. And the th- sad thing about that is because most people live in their own wee bubbles with themselves at the centre of their universe, as I said, and they mistakenly believe the world gives a shit about them. The world doesn't even know who you are. So market yourself and your business at every opportunity. Here's a quick example I gave to a guy who had a gardening business. Uh, just give a, just get a banner um, uh, or pull up or brand your fan so that every job you go to on the street has visibility that you're there. Put your banner up. 
flyer the street to enforce that you're there and you'll have work coming out your ears very quickly. You have a number of jobs then on in one location. It's easier for you to manage a team of people to do the hard labour as you drive the business forward with additional marketing, etc. This is simple stuff. You can build this into an industry. Now, my advice is to work out your target turnover and spend up to 10% of that figure on your marketing week in, week out. Most businesses spend next to nothing and that's why they wither on the fine. And when I say 10%, I'm not saying 10% of what you've earned. 10% of what you want to earn. Okay? Number five, care more about your customers um, than you care about yourself. Never take shortcuts, folks. Always put them first, even if it's at your expense. The best way to get new customers is through referral. And the best way to get a referral is if you put the customer's needs ahead of your own. Now, you will be tempted to not finish the job off properly, to get home early on a Friday night. But remember, this three-year pact you've made with yourself to get that 100k per year, there's no shortcuts during that time. Number six. This one is a sign of the times, a sign of the digital age within, within which we live. The launch event, the local marketing, etc. of your business is one thing. But even more important in the 2020s is your personal fucking brand. Now, I've done a number of episodes around personal branding, particularly in relation to LinkedIn, and I may well do another soon, as it's too important to leave the chance. But personal brand for many businesses is just as important as you, as you marketing your actual business. Now, people buy people. And the internet, social media has to marketise the opportunity to deploy that at scale. Uh, Check out who's doing it well in your geographical area. It doesn't have to be someone in your industry, but learn from the best on your patch. Now, I can tell you that there are very few um, still doing this really, really well. And there's an opportunity to dominate any industry very, very quickly when you nail your personal brand. And I've just made a note to myself to do an episode on this. So tune in. For that, for a wee Brucey bonus in the next few weeks. Now, number seven, consistency in everything you do. Now, I've been banging on about this quite a bit lately, but it's most the most overlooked of the key pillars. Now, McDonald's do the... <laughs> McDonald's. <coughs> so, they don't do the best tasting burgers in the world. In fact, they might actually be one of the worst tasting burgers. That's just my personal view. Uh, but I tell you what, they're definitely the most consistent. They're definitely the most consistent. Now, the experience... The speed of service, what they taste like, you know what you're getting before you walk in the front door. Now, do your customers know what they're getting, your own customers? Give them what they expect. Be consistent in your offering. Don't lavish them with a side of jelly the one day and the next day it's missing because the other employees aren't as generous as some of the others. Now, this must be systemized, systematized for your customers. Now, number one, number eight. No one owes you anything. You be damn fucking grateful if someone darkens your door and even looks into your premises. Invite them in with a smile on your face. Don't do what someone I was mentoring a few years back when he said to me, he he said to me, Jesus, this is hard to believe. And this is the mindset of some people who are running businesses. I hate the fuckers who look in the door, don't see what they're expecting and then cheekily walk on by. That's what someone actually said to me. Now, I was pro, bo- pro bono mentoring this guy and his attitude stank. The, uh, the absolute irony was that he had the most amazing product, the absolutely most amazing product uh, and food. And I ate there multiple times and I liked the shizzle of his swagger. But it was clear to me that 
um, his attitude stank for most customers. Now, to be smack talking about little old ladies who look into your premises and decide not to come into um, your business is room 101 stuff for fuck's sake. In fact, I think, in fact, I actually think I'll make an hour note about that. I'll do an episode about that as well. Now, I told the guy, get the fuck out onto the street with your great tasting product and let them sample it. But he didn't want to do it. People owed him because his product was the best, or so he thought. The problem was that his attitude stank and his business folded um, here in Northern Ireland. Um, the public owe you nothing. Just remember that. Now, make a plan for your three years, number nine. Make a plan for your three years. Start at the end with a 100,000 salary on your plan and work it back from there. Now, I've done episodes on goal setting and business plans, so refer back to those. But how do you get there to that 100,000? What does your business look like to get there? Who's in your business? What's the turnover? What are the likely hurdles? What's the competition? What's your budget? What loans do you need? The more detail that's in the plan, the better. Who's holding you accountable to the fucking plan? I'm going to throw into this section just because I want to keep this to 10 points. Get yourself a good mentor to hold you to the plan. That's essential. And I've done plenty of episodes on mentorship before. Number 10, last but not fucking least, never, ever give up, you motherfucker. Never pivot where necessary. But just remember that this journey will be tougher than you've imagined beforehand. You will need to dig deeper than you ever thought possible. Use the trick that I use every time you think that you can't go on. That's just a test. It's just another test. All journeys worth taking are long and arduous. The tough spots are to test if you're good enough to succeed. Now, I just had something recently where we were presented with a problem that was going to take six weeks to complete. And if it did, the entirety of our business strategy was banjaxed. Now, I felt like giving up, but only briefly. And then I put my head down for 48 hours to come up with a workaround. Thought about nothing else for 48 hours. And I found it and turned six weeks into actually 36 hours just through the power of the mind. Now, every hurdle you feel can be conquered, but you must commit beforehand that you're never giving up during those three years. So there you have it, folks. Ten-point master plan, if implemented, will guarantee to deliver you £100,000 per year. Now, hit me up on social and let's get the conversation going and I'll happily keep you accountable from afar. These ten points aren't like those passive income £10,000 per month if you click here and buy this course for $999. There's real fucking work involved because this is real stuff. You've got to work at it. Now, I can do it in 12 months in any industry and I know that you can. Uh, I've done it in at least six different industries already. You might take three years, but you definitely can do it. But you've got to make a start. The sooner you start, the quicker the finish will come. And whether you do it or not, it's your choice. 